Hi again, folks, and welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima again. Glad you could join us today. Great to have you with us. Now, before we dive right into today's topic, a quick heads up to those among you who may also appreciate written content on top of the audio and video. I know I've definitely got times, places, and settings in which I consume both. We've got an ebook out. It's actually been out for over a year now. We've just never spoken about it here on the podcast. It's about 50 pages long, packed full of good stuff and aimed mainly at those who are new to real estate property investment in Japan. So it covers a lot of the stuff we've discussed here in the podcast, especially in the first 10 episodes or so. It's also got plenty of beautiful pics in it, if I do say so myself, and I should because I'm the one who took all of them. So some Japanese eye candy in there as well, cities, temples, sceneries, people, etc., and plenty of useful information on Japan's real estate market in general, the purchase and management processes, taxes and other numbers, how to build professional relationships that'll help you operate here in the land of the rising sun, even if you're a remote hands-off investor like many of our listeners, and of course a lot of tips and tricks to maximize profit and efficiency. So the book is absolutely free. You can download it from our website, nippontradings.com. That's www.nippontradings, with an S, all one word, .com. If it's the first time you visit our website, there'll be a little pop-up window there where you can click and email us to ask for your copy. Or if for any reason that window doesn't come up, you can just comment on this episode wherever you might have found it or ask for it or message us directly on Facebook or Instagram where we're simply called Japan Real Estate and we'll get it right to you. The reason I mentioned this is that we're actually now working on part two of that book, which will be out shortly and we'll delve deeper into the nitty gritty details of property investment in Japan and deal analysis, Q&A, location guides and heaps of other stuff that'll help you not just start your portfolio, but also fine-tune it and expand it. So now might be a good time to get yourself up to speed with the first part so that you've managed to go through it and digest it in preparation for part two. Again, most of the stuff in there is also available on the podcast, but rather than go back and listen to 10 or 15 or 20-minute long episodes just to find one little tidbit of information that you may want to hear again, having an actual PDF, an e-book that you can just open and search and carry with you offline, dive right into the section you're interested in, just saves a lot of time, makes things easier. And again, there's pictures too, so yay. Okay, so for today's episode, we're going to talk about something that a lot of you have been asking us about, and a lot of first-time owners of property here in Japan are wondering about, and that's the subject of maintenance, repairs, and renovations. So what are the most common items that require maintenance in a typical Japanese property, How often are they required and how much do they generally cost? So we'll take it from the ground up and because the sky is the limit as far as the size and type of property is concerned, I mean, obviously, if you own a house or a unit block, there are structural items that require attention as well and everything grows exponentially with the size of the property. But for the sake of simplifying things, we'll only discuss the interior here and we'll focus on a single bedroom unit So studio or one bedroom, 1K or 1DK as they're known here, which stands for one room plus kitchen or dining and kitchen. And you can multiply up from there based on the number of rooms, etc. Generally speaking, and this is just for statistical purposes, so don't expect this number to be anywhere near science. You should expect something like 8 to 15% of your gross rental 
annual rent. So one to two months of rent income per year should go towards renovations and maintenance of the property. Now, again, this is just an average, and you'll really notice this number uh, coming into effect and being closer to correct if you've got a medium or large portfolio that has more than one or two properties in it, and if you've had them for a good number of years. So, obviously, if you've only got a single house or apartment, you could be really lucky and not have to replace or fix anything for five or six years after purchase. Or you could buy a place that's been tenanted for over 10 years, have the tenant move out within the first year of ownership. This definitely does happen, at which point you'll be up for a few thousand dollars in renovation, repair and vacancy costs just to bring the place up to speed and make it rentable again. In both cases, that 8 to 15 percent average goes right out the window. So don't expect this to be applicable in your case and definitely not from day one. This is a number that averages out over the course of a portfolio's life cycle. So what are the typical items that need doing and what do they cost? Well, let's first review the items that could and do go uh, during a tenancy. So your tenant calls up the property manager to say that this or that doesn't work properly or stop working altogether, needs replacing, needs maintenance. So the cheaper items that often require attention are things like a leaking tap, uh, an electric cooker, a hot plate in the kitchen, kitchen or bathroom exhaust fan, a doorknob or door stopper, an electric outlet or switch and so forth. These are relatively small items that can be replaced within a day or two and will normally cost anywhere between 2,000 to 40,000 Japanese yen. So anywhere from say 15 to 350 US dollars with the upper range of these reserved for some small electric appliance that requires some surrounding carpentry work or electric work usually because the original item is just too old and the size or the connectivity adapters of typical replacement units are totally different these days. Normally, you're looking at a more capped range of somewhere between $40 to $200 for most of these smaller items. Moving up, we've got uh, heating and cooling appliances like an air conditioning unit or in snowy places like Hokkaido, uh, large gas heaters for interiors. These normally cost somewhere between 65,000 to 120,000 Japanese yen. So anywhere from say 550 to $1,000. And the cost would depend mainly on the season. So AC units cost more in the summer when stocks are low and installers are flat out busy. And heating units cost more in the winter for the same reason. Sometimes these types of devices can be cleaned or repaired. But that's something that needs to be evaluated based on the age of the unit. If anything is over, say, 8 or 10 years old, it's probably not worth paying 50 or 100 or $200 to fix it up, as it's definitely going to have other issues in the near future. So you might as well replace the entire unit. And the professional that comes to attend the unit will usually make recommendations on that. So again, moving upwards from there, and that's probably the worst that could happen uh, to a property uh, that's still tenanted. We've got plumbing issues and hot water boiler systems. So for the plumbing matters, we're usually talking about a burst section of a pipe or an old water boiler that needs replacement because it's leaking or it doesn't heat properly anymore. And here the price can run anywhere between 150 or 160,000 Japanese yen for smaller and easy to install boiler units and all the way up to three or 400,000 Japanese yen for plumbing work that requires removal of flooring sections, replacement of uh, one or more pipe sections. 
So anywhere between, say, 1200 to 3500 US dollars. For simpler plumbing matters, sometimes just one or two or $500 will do. But again, there's the matter of age to consider. If you're going to spend uh, three or $400 to pressure clean a clogged pipe section that could crumble away in a year or two um, because it's rusty and old or even worse, could actually break up as a result of the pressure cleaning, you might as well take the plumber's advice and save yourself the extra expense. And Japanese plumbers are good like that. They'll give you all the options and make proper recommendations and then leave the choice in your hands. But if they tell you that something might not work and it might be better to just go ahead and replace rather than try and fix it, it's usually a good idea to listen to them, especially if you picked your uh, property manager right, and we've discussed this in the past, and you trust these guys with the proper professionals that they source for you. Now, that may not be a given. So if you notice that you're consistently getting quotes that seem higher than what we're discussing here, might be a good idea to try and get a second opinion from another professional. And if your property manager is resisting that idea, then you may have actually managed to find that rare Japanese animal, the dodgy professional. They do exist, although there are far less of them out here in Japan than there are in other countries. And in that case, may be time to replace your property manager as well. Now, when it comes to a vacancy, things can naturally run far higher, and that's going to be directly tied into the length of the tenancy. Uh, we've discussed here in the past, it's not uncommon to have eight, 10, or even 20-year-long tenancies in Japan. We've actually got a few that are even longer than that. And while that's generally a good thing because the tenant who's been paying the rent on time or mostly on time for a decade, didn't get married, didn't get relocated for work, now middle-aged, most cases you've got a tenant for life. But things can always change. And we have spoken here as well about elderly tenants um, moving to nursing homes or even dying in a property. And if that happens, the renovation bill will be very, very high, especially if you're talking about a property that was very cheap to buy. So in relation to the purchase price, you could be looking at a very high expense. So let's start with the shorter tenancies first. If you've only had a tenant in the property for a year or two or three, you're most likely looking at either just cleaning, which could be about 20 to 30,000 Japanese yen, so less than 300 bucks for single bedroom units. Go slightly up from there with the size of the property, but not really double price for double size. It doesn't go up quite as sharply as that. And often the tenancy lease will specify that the tenant needs to pay all or some of the cleaning amount. From three years and up, you'll also probably need to replace the wallpaper and sometimes the ceiling paper and a few sections of the flooring that have been particularly worn out. And that's going to be another 30 to 60,000 Japanese yen or so, depending on how much needs to be done. So up to, say, $550 for wall and ceiling paper and flooring sections replaced or waxed or tatami mat uh, surfaces replaced in bedrooms. Same sort of price tag. It may also be a good idea, and your property manager should let you know if this is the case, to use this opportunity to actually replace that hot plate cooker or AC unit because it might be getting old and shining new appliances do look good in pictures, uh, advertising property for rent, uh, and definitely in inspections by potential tenants who come to check it out. Also, if uh, it's winter or summer and one of these units breaks while a tenant is in the property, it becomes an urgency, whereas now that the property is vacant, you've got time to evaluate prices, take your time, do it as part of the ongoing renovation, which might reduce costs and so forth. 
With even longer tenancies, say from three or four years and onwards, there'll usually be some of the stuff that we've mentioned earlier as well. So some taps, bathtub or sink, uh, silicone caulking, drain collection plastic segments, some ceiling rubber bands, etc., all of which can maybe add another $100 on average. And the cheaper stuff as well. So doorknobs, insect screens, um, door stoppers, outlets, electric outlets, switches. All of these are normally under uh, $20 to $40 per piece. So the total bill will probably be around $100 to 120000 uh, Japanese yen or about 1000 bucks, give or take, for these um, three, four, five-year uh, tenancies. Now, the really big ticket items, um, as we mentioned, start with the much longer tenancies. So say five to seven year tenant leaves, you're looking at totally new flooring and wallpaper, ceiling paper, etc. Some serious cleaning of the bathtub and the sinks, plenty of door frames, closet doors, windows, insect screens that need to be repainted uh, or replaced altogether. And you can definitely expect a total bill of, say, two to three thousand dollars. Particularly if, uh, to make the property more attractive and up to modern living standards, you might want to install a laundry machine alcove if it doesn't have one. So a section of the uh, living or balcony or kitchen that's got a tap, drain, and an elevated or sunk base where the tenant can place a washing machine. Because if you don't have this sort of space, uh, single females and many of the single males too will simply go for other properties that do have those. And there would always be at least a few of those at similar rents in your area, unless you're really, really lucky. Now, that installation normally costs uh, between seven to $800. So again, total will take you towards the upper range of that $2,000 to $3,000 mark in the case of a five, six, seven, eight years tenancy. Now, if you've had the same tenant in your property for more than eight years, um, you're definitely... If, if they've been there for 10 years or more, you're going to be looking at a new kitchen or vanity areas as well. And that'll bring you up to the five or $6,000 mark. And if you've been lucky enough to have had a tenant in place over 10 years, which again is not that rare, you may have to put in a new bathroom. That's called a unit bath in most of these smaller units. And that's a prefabricated uh, plastic bathroom unit, including the toilet in most cases that has to be replaced entirely. So you can't just replace a section of that. And that's at least $8,000 on its own, sometimes more. So if you add up all of the other things we've discussed, um, which again, if your tenant's been in place 15 years or more, most likely you're gonna need to do those things as well. Then you're looking at the 15, 20, or even $30,000 uh, for larger properties with nicer renovations, say one LDK, which means bedroom plus living room, dining, kitchen area. Um, they normally attract um, higher income tenants and you want to attract these types of tenants. So you might as well make it a nice renovation. So naturally, if you've only paid 40 or 50 or $70,000 for the apartment or the house, which is often the case with these older properties in Japan, that means you're now looking at a big cut in profitability. So when you get that quote, and based on whether the market is doing well or not so well in that area at that point in time, it's probably a good idea to consider and evaluate your options. And you may want to sell the property as is before the renovation, as long as you're not selling at a loss. 
or even if you are selling at a slight loss, but you've already had four, six, eight years of profit from it, you may be well in the green anyway, in which case it's really a no-brainer. Just sell it to someone who wants to DIY it back to livable condition. And there are plenty of investors and real estate companies who do exactly that in Japan, same as anywhere in the world. And then you can put those funds towards a better, newer property or another investment. So case by case, of course, sometimes the length of time you've held the property and the current market price that you can actually get for it will not be worth it, in which case it may be better to just bite the bullet and pay for the renovation and then wait for more income to accrue from the new tenant until you're in the green again, at which point you can reconsider the sale and renovate it. It might then command better price as well. So, you know, prices might go up by that point in time. You're looking two, three years down the track. And if prices don't go up, just keep on holding to it. Keep that income string going for a few more years. Then reevaluate again, rinse, repeat, etc. Okay, that's it from us for today, folks. Hopefully this gives you a better idea of what to expect as far as your maintenance, repairs, and renovation costs go. And again, if you own a larger property or the entire structure, these expenses can be far higher, of course. But then again, so will your income and the purchase price. So percentage-wise you should still be in that same general ballpark figure of 10% per year, unless the property is very old. On average, for the entire portfolio, over an extended period of time. Hope to have you with us next time. Do download our Introduction to Japanese Real Estate Property Investment for Foreigners, that free ebook that I've mentioned, at nippontradings.com, or just hit us up in the comment section and we'll send it to you. We hope to have the new book ready for you shortly, so you can go even deeper. And we hope you'll share this episode and this podcast with your networks if you think they may find it interesting. And we would really, really appreciate it if you could take a moment of your time to leave us a rating or even better, a review, even a few short words on the iTunes store or the podcast download center. It'll help us reach more people who might benefit from this content. Hope to have you with us next time. And until then, from all of us here at NTI, we wish you a great weekend. And as always, happy investing.